Hey Warriors, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I do hope you had a great week. Mine has been pretty much exactly the same, over 100 degrees from 11 o'clock until 8 o'clock at night. Though last night was actually a cooler night, still very hot, very warm outside. However, uh, this week, um, it's just been, you know kind of showing me a lot of things about some of the decisions that my wife and I have made and, and kind of getting us to kind of rethink about many things. And that's why I do need you guys to pray because there is some interesting things that are, that are happening in the background enough where God is showing himself and also revealing things. Uh, one of the biggest blessings we got this week is that the ministry exemption from the IRS came through finally after a long, 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 long time of waiting. So, yeah, so that would be one step closer. However, this week, what we want to talk about, at least what I want to talk about, is tunnel vision. I honestly think that my wife and I had a little bit of that just last month about some of the choices we were trying to make by forcing a door. There are times in our lives that, you know, I have told people, but there's times in the, in my life where I don't do what I tell people, which is, you know, take a step back and be patient, let God lead. And a lot of times I think I'm doing that, but in reality, I'm not doing that. And a lot of it is because I'm so confident thinking that the, the, the path I'm looking at is the open door or this is the direction I'm supposed to go. So therefore I kind of start jumping ahead. And I start forgetting that, hey, you know, God, is this the path I'm supposed to go? Or am I trying to create this path because it just seems logical and it just makes sense because everything that you've kind of pointed is pointed to such a thought. However, it's not the necessarily the plan he was trying to get me to see. We could go to John 16. We're going to do verses 12 through 15. It states, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth and he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Meaning from God to him, to us. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So in other words, Jesus did not teach disciples everything. Because they weren't ready for it. It wasn't the right time. And, you know, that's something that we need to think about for a moment. God's leading us. I mean, the disciples had Jesus leading. But he didn't give them everything. Yet he still taught them more through the Holy Spirit. How many times have we felt the Holy Spirit leading? And so we start moving forward, but then it starts getting frustrating or confusing and or it just it just seems like man this, this is just not working out and we don't stop we keep on trying to push 
Because in these verses, two things that came to mind when I was thinking about it. One was glorifying God. When the Holy Spirit's going to lead us, and it, it's, it is he who's leading us, it's going to glorify God. And for us to understand what that means, which is number two, it will reflect the word. It should not feel confusing. It shouldn't feel frustrating because those are two things that God would not be giving us. And because we start going, well, you know, in modern times, you know, it's different. We should be more open and more willing to kind of restructure our faith and our theology because it is different today. So things are different today. So the way we look at things is different today. So therefore, maybe the Holy Spirit isn't really teaching the way we think that he is teaching. And we need to just be able to interpret the scriptures a little bit differently because today, if you notice, the culture is so different. This is the problem. Nothing has changed. God hasn't changed. The Holy Spirit hasn't changed since the disciples. So why is it that when we start having this confusion and frustration, we start looking at all these other theologies that are outside, all these ideologies that are outside what the scriptures teach? If you're confused and you're frustrated, go to the scriptures. I would also even say, go to other biblical wise people that you know, that you could trust and you know that they're walking with the Lord. Because all of this, doing it the wise way, doing it the biblical way, will always glorify, glorify and reflect who God is from the scriptures. Now, I know it can be hard to understand God's leading, especially when we think we understand the big picture. Because I do this plenty of times, and I always got to catch myself. Just because God has told me that he's going to start a church with me, I got to stop trying to make the church happen the way I want it. And I've seen this in other gentlemen's that have tried to start church or have been doing church. They constantly keep doing this methodology of what they think it's supposed to look like. You know, they, they, they create this this whole storyline of how it's supposed to come into existence. But then they're frustrated, confused, feel like failures, ready to quit. I've gone through that many times. And I always forget. Take a step back. Be patient. Let God lead again. You see, I think of the story of Joshua when he's taking Israel to take Jericho. You know, in the long run, he knew they'll be taking the land back. The people knew they'd be taking the land back. And it would be logical to them, let's just siege this town and we'll take it. However, God gave them specific direction. And if you go to Joshua 6... And Joshua 6 is the story of the fall of Jer Jericho, basically. And we understand that God tells Joshua specifically, he says in verse 2, 
See, I have given Jericho into your hand. See, automatically we know right there it's given. I've been told that I will church plant, ministry plant. My mom had told me that God had told her that I'd be a pastor someday. She never told me that until a lot later, but I needed to go through everything I needed to go through to be, be who God wanted me to be, or be, you know, push me into the direction he needed me to go. You see, when you allow God to lead, instead of you trying to paint that big picture, Instead of you trying to run to the end, instead of you trying to create things to happen, God will put the pieces together and it won't be confusing. It won't be frustrating and you won't feel like a failure because it is you're allowing yourself to take a step back, you're allowing yourself to be patient and you're humbling yourself to the Lord's leading. Going back to verse Three, you shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the, the city once. And they would do this for six days. Seven priests will shall bear seven trumpets of horns, ram's horns, before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. And on the seventh round about, the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make, well, actually, technically, it's all the whole seven times. So you can imagine what the city must be feeling like watching this for the last six days. There's silence because later on, verse 8, 10, Joshua explains them, do not shout until last part. It must be very confusing, must be very frustrating, and must be uncertain because they don't understand what's going on because in their minds, they don't fear God like Israel does thing of understanding wisdom and knowledge of God. If you fear who he really is, then you're going to do everything possible. Walk the road you're supposed to. Obey God and do what is right. And when you're asking him, everything is going to reflect from the scriptures, not all these other spiritual ideas that are out there like in the progressive movements. It won't look like the woke. It won't look like uh, new age, new thought concepts. It will look like the Bible. Anyway, so we continue. And, uh, and the, when they go around the seventh time, it will be a really, really loud horn sound. And boom, they're all supposed to yell and scream. And boom, the walls fall. And they're supposed to only take the rich, rich metals, so like gold, silver, bronze, and that's it, and burn the rest of the city. However, we do know that Rahab and her family is saved because of her basically fear of God and her support in saving the spies that they are spared. Later on, we find out near the end, we know that Joseph actually curses, or not Joseph, Joshua curses, um... Jericho to whoever were to build it up again and they would lose their first child and they're like this curse actually is recognized because later on we do discover that heal I think is how you say it H-E-I-L tries 
and his first son dies. The curse continues. And if you go look in historical events from what archaeologists have found, they have found several attempts that looks like someone trying to build on top of the original Jericho who tried to build on top of the real Jericho. However, Jericho does exist, but no one has ever built the walls. And you could find ruin of where walls would be in Jericho. However, it's it's kind of different today. It's kind of weird. I'm not sure if there is a curse whenever finally the more modernized Jericho continued. But according to historical events, um, biblically speaking too, it has shown that curse exists. So that being said, the way they got the city was not in the way that they probably thought it was going to be. So continuing on, we have to consider now if there are parts to what we're supposed to be doing as God is leading, why do we have tunnel vision? We get tunnel vision because we get excited. We kind of want to jump the gun and we, we see all the pieces starting to happen. You start seeing how the puzzle pieces coming together. So we start kind of rushing all the pieces. However, while God is showing you some pieces of the puzzle, he needs to prepare you. He needs to get your mindset on the right track. You also be making sure that you're walking with him appropriately. And two, there might be some things that he has not prepared yet. However, it could be that, hey, I brought you here, but this is not where I want you to be. I just needed you here because I needed you to reach to certain people. Or it could be, I need you here so that I can remove you from where you are supposed to be to have you focus on what you need to focus on, which is me and what I'm planning for you, prepare you, help you go through certain things to teach you, and then I will move you where I need you to be. Because if you think about it, if you're told something and you know you're supposed to be somewhere, or I should say, you know what you're supposed to be doing, and so you start, you, you just get sent over where he needs you to be, but you're not fully prepared mentally, emotionally, physically, you know, everything that needs to be taken care of, or you need to make sure there's some things he still needs to teach you before you can go there. If you were there, you'd be distracted with doing the thing you think you're supposed to be doing and not really focusing the things you're supposed to be working on. Now, it's a very interesting concept, and I want you guys to really think about that. So a mark of obedience is doesn't matter where he sends you, how he sends you, or when he sends you, or whether he sends you to somewhere else and then sends you somewhere else, whatever it may be. You know, maybe he sends you to this one school and after a couple of years, he just needed you to, to meet some of the professors, some of the students, and then he sends you to another college, university. Or maybe he needed you to get training in this one job, and you're thinking you're going to be doing this one job, but then you get offered this other job by the same company, but it's in a different city, or maybe it's in a different state. This is where the mark of obedience comes into factor. Obeying God is not, like I've said this before, it's not a set formula. So in other words, if he tells you to do something, you, you don't really know what he's planning to do 
However, you do it in obedience because there is a rhyme and reason that we don't understand because the way we think and what we want and what we personally desire may not fit what God wants. But a lot of times when we get into tunnel vision is because we're not being patient. We're not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead. We're trying to jump ahead and thinking that we understand, we start looking pretty dumb. And then we miss out on things or we, we, we lose focus. And then a lot of times, like I tell you, you start getting become, becoming confused, frustrated, feel like a failure, your health sucks. And then until you go around and say, okay, Lord, taking a step back and you take a breath and then you move forward again with, but this time you're going to focus on the, like we talked about, I believe it was last week and maybe the week before asking, seeking and knocking. You see, those three parts are the vital part of taking a step back and being obedient, being patient, go through that process again. Because a lot of times if you're beating your head against a door that's not opening, is because you're jumping ahead and God's not saying yes to that door. And he may not say yes to that door at all. Even with you taking a step back, he may be telling you, that's, that's not where I wanted you to be focused on. This is where I need you to be focused on over here. This door is wide open, but you're so focused in tunnel vision on that door. So we're going to take a quick break and, and with the new way and how things are being done with Anchor, Spotify Anchor. And I'm going to be silent for a few seconds and then continue on. So here we go. Hearing is always encouraged. I want that to sink in your thoughts as we talked about obedience, but hearing is an encouraging thing that we're supposed to be doing. And when we are talking about hearing, that requires us to do this one thing that we hate to do, that men always struggle with, and that is listening. We're always trained up to listen for directions, to ask. We're taught by people and teaching. We're supposed to listen. We're supposed to be listening to truth. But the next step always after listening is obeying what we hear. And this is where I think a lot of us lose track. If you guys go to Romans 10, Going to verse 17, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. Okay. Understanding faith comes from hearing God's word, understanding the word of Christ. So therefore by hearing has no factor as much as actually obeying what we're hearing. You know, we, we, we see a parent tell a kid, don't eat the cookie from the cookie jar. And they go, huh? And then par the parent looks away. What happens? Kid goes for the cookie. You see, they, they heard, but they didn't obey. And then we go to James 1. And I, I've used this section before. Go to James 1, verses 22. But be doers of the word, not hearers only. So it's good to hear. It's encouraged to hear. But we're also supposed to be doers. Because you'll be deceiving yourselves if you're just hearing. 
For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man looking intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and once forgets what he was like. So it's like you lost your short-term memory, basically. And I know some people have that problem, but that's the idea of what it means to... You go to, like I have said before, you go to church, hear a pastor, you preach, do worship, you feel energized, you feel refreshed, and you're so excited about what you were just hearing. And then Monday comes and you're trying very hard to keep on remembering what you were taught and you're doing what you're trying to do. And then suddenly Tuesday comes a little bit less motivated Wednesday, even less. And then you might do a Bible study, but it's not going to necessarily be about what you heard. So that it comes even less. And this is why I was saying the vital part of discipleship is like having accountability. It doesn't necessarily have to be the pastor accountability, everybody, but as a men ministry, a men's brotherhood in the church should say, you know, there should be some conversation talking, you know, like, Hey, did you hear about the sermon on Sunday? What'd you think? Or, you know, Hey, you know, I've been, you know, I've been really working on, you know, Let's say it's about obedience, you know, trying to obey God and seeing his paths and doing what he asks me. And, you know, it's been a real struggle this past few months and I didn't realize how disobedient I have been. And, you know, that, that having those type of conversations with other guys and making it a regular thing, you know, that's why in our Discord group, <clears throat> having guys be able to be part of a Discord group, someone can say, hey, I've been struggling. Can anybody give me advice? Everybody can throw in their advice, throw in the scriptural truths. And then if we really wanted to, people could actually be praying for each other. You know, there is those voice comms there. You know, people are like, hey, I just need someone to talk to. It's very easy to join one of those voice comms and get communicating. However, you know, we do a lot of typing communication. But can you imagine if at your church having a few men that meet and talk maybe about what the sermon was about? It'd be great if the pastor was involved with the men's ministry, 100%. But if not, you know, there's three guys that you know that, hey, they're walking with the Lord and they're good examples. And, you know, we talk here and there, maybe meet on a Wednesday. Say, hey, let's, let's meet on Wednesday. Let's talk about what the pastor said and how we can better put that a part of our life. You know what? It will make a difference. <clears throat> Sometimes we think, you know, oh, it sounds like it's, you know, I just, I don't have the gifts. I don't have to understand. It's okay. It's just simple conversation. It's basically discipling is also talking about scriptures and spending time with each other in prayer and spending time with each other and understanding. So the idea is that a lot of times what we do is we're like the man who looks at themselves in the mirror and forgets what they look like as soon as they turn away. Because as soon as you're not in vision of the church atmosphere, we go right back to how we were before. So what I have learned about my issue of tunnel vision is I need to one, take a step back when things just don't feel right. You know, I've, I've used the phrase several times, frustration, confusion, even failing. Those are signs that you might need to take a step back. Because otherwise, you're going to keep hitting your head on whatever it is you're hitting your head against. Number two, take a breath. Sometimes we are such in a mode of moving forward, we don't stop 
take a breath, sit in silence, and let God speak. We should be listening. Stop moving. Stop talking. Stop forcing. And listen. Number three, pray. Seek godly counsel. Read scripture. Listen to scripture. Listen to sermons that you can trust. Look for men and even women that have good wisdom, that have good experiences, that you know that they're walking with the Lord, and ask them advice. That's what I've been feeling. I've been feeling really frustrated and confusing. And let them let them listen as 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 kind of like eyes and ears of a third party from what you've been seeing, because sometimes they can hear your words. And can hear your heart and hear your thoughts differently enough to respond to you to say, Hey, this is what it sounds like you're feeling or two, God may speak to them to say something. And then they may say something that can help. So never shy away from seeking out counsel. You never know what God may use them to do. Even, even if they're like, you know, I, I don't really know, but let's pray about it. And then I'll keep tabs with you. I'll, I'll check in with you. Number four, <clears throat> let God open and lead. Stop trying to make it happen. Stop trying to jump ahead of God. Stop trying to figure it all out. Because, you know, like I've said to you guys, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it does say in there, you know, you trust in the Lord with all your heart, but do not lean in your own understanding. So that means stop trying to figure it out. Because if it's confusing, frustrating, and you feel like you're failing, and it feels like it's just like it just doesn't make any sense anymore, you you take a step back, you obey what you're hearing, you know, you stop, you start listening again, you stop trying to, uh, like you know, you wait, and the word that we all hate, wait in patience, because sometimes why we're jumping ahead is because we're not being patient, and we need to. And then the last thing we're going to talk about is in Matthew 7, if you can go there. Matthew 7 is the, one of the stories I remember, you know, we talked about as a child. And this, it starts in verse 24. Everyone when, oh, excuse me, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the rain fell, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock and the rock is God. The rock is scripture. The God, you know, God gave us his word so that we can have a better understanding of him. So that since we have a better understanding of him, we can understand the power, the strength and the refuge we have in him being our rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house in the sand. Because if you're if you're just hearing what God is doing and hearing things that are going on in church and hearing what's going on in Bible study, but you're not living it, you're not going to have a very clear understanding of discernment. You're not going to have a clear understanding of the Holy Spirit's leading. You're not going to have a clear understanding of God speaking to you. It's not going to be clear on why you're confused, frustrated, and anything because you're so enamored about self that you're so focused on self that all you're seeing is what you want and the desire that you want and the goal that you want that you have never stopped taking a step back 
you've never taken a breath to listen and you've never sought counsel from godly people you only look for people who agreed with you or you you start chasing after these other ideologies and progressiveness and and new age and new thought that because it just seems like hey look at all these people are getting these answers they must be doing something that i'm not and so you start chasing after these i would say worldly perspectives because you know demons know this hey you know you know if you go and do all this other stuff you know maybe god will speak through you know through that and or maybe you know maybe you're not trying hard enough or maybe you know you need to start doing meditations that are you know with all these other songs and and prayers from these other religions because maybe god speaks to them that way see like they'll start enticing you because they know that you're so hungry to hear him they want to distract you away from the bible they want to distract you away from godly counsel they want to distract you away from good worship they want you to not think about god they want you to think about new ways to think about God because these new ways are going to distract you with the emotions and the feelings instead of listening to the Holy Spirit and we go to verse 27 and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and the great and great was the fall of it because at the end you're gonna you're gonna fall you're gonna fail you're gonna stay frustrated you're going to get confused and then you're going to get angry. Then you have resentment. And then you're going to say, look, God failed me. And you're going to say church suck. And you're going to start saying like, you're going to start seeing everything worse about not the truth and believe the lie. And all God needed to do is take a step back. Start listening to me. Pray, seek godly counsel, read the scriptures. And then let me lead you. Let me open the door. Stop jumping ahead of me. And this, guys, will help you to get away from being tunnel vision. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for all that you do. I ask, Lord, you help me. Help me to stop being tunnel visioned. Help me to take a step back. To listen. Be patient and wait, and then allow you to lead and open the proper doors. And I pray other men will also make such a statement today if they've been struggling on decision making, been struggling on seeing you do things, been struggling in their walk, and been struggling in their sin, and they just feel like they're just constantly failing and frustrated and confused. Help them to come back to your word. Help them come back to studying your word. Help them to get involved in devotions, which I have heard some of the guys talk about Discord, which is awesome. Help them to seek out godly counsel. Help them to pray with other believers. Help them to walk with you in obedience and humility. And because they're willing to wait and be patient, they will see you start leading and opening the doors again. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, you have a great one. This one's going to be a little bit shorter because I am trying to practice not to just be a talker. And I'm hoping this will be encouraging. And I will see you next time. God bless.